2: It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Zap. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dong. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song.
0: It's you. Your-
1: <laughs> I just heard music. I don't know what that was about, but I just heard music.
0: Yeah. Did you, did you hear music,
1: Jimmy? Did. did you get me thrown off YouTube? Uh... I didn't do anything, so uh, is ma- this, matter of fact, your fault. If you want to blame anybody, Nigel's in the room and he makes the videos. Is so.
0: Nigel out there pirating episodes of the Animaniacs
1: <laughs> on YouTube? That's, what is what is going on? That's that's the exact content he was going after. He wanted anime Animaniacs on his channel. That's what it was. You didn't say what the date is, December eighteen. I don't even know what number it is. Time like one, is a flat circle, and none of it matters, Jimmy. 150-something. I don't even know what number we're on this this week. Every day
0: is a never-ending cycle of desolation and despair for me now.
1: <laughs> is it really? Is it really? All right. Well, let me say first that this is going to be the first week where we are, we are going to uh, forego stupid people this week. See, because I want to see what the reaction is going to be. We're going to do once a month, stupid people. The first week of every month. Okay. Uh, and then if there's overwhelming hatred and demand, then we'll bring it back more often. But otherwise, the first week of every month is when we plan to do sure. it. Sure. So there's that. Um, I want to say happy holidays to everybody. We're not doing we're not doing shows for the next two weeks because next Wednesday's. Well, well, we are no we live are. shows. Yes, correct. No
0: live shows. Next week will be a special holiday collector's edition. I'm going to release it early on Fightful Select. And how about this? Even though I am your boy, it's going to be January 1st, The List and Your Girl, because me and Denise are doing a ho- – or not a holiday, but a theme song-themed uh, episode in uh, kind of in place of this. We'll run okay. it the afternoon of d- uh, January 1st. That way people will still have content.
1: Hot dog okay there you go so that's cool so we'll be back uh I guess the eighth will be the next live show after today it's, it's wild right so it feels like that's it's coming quick month away yeah it's coming quick so I guess I'll tackle this YouTube issue next. Sean's been asking me like every, every, you know, little while, what's the latest? What's the latest? What's the latest? I have so, not. Maybe It's did. been twice. It's been twice. I asked you today and I asked you that day when you, when you. I mean, every day is every little while, right, Nigel? So every, I'm not wrong.
0: In the last week? No, I don't think so.
1: All right. So, uh. Here's the high-level explanation. I told Sean off there. I'm not going into great detail, but here's the high-level explanation. So one of our divisions of my company is a content development division, as uh, I think some of you guys might know. We own a bunch of websites. We own a couple of mobile apps, and we have a lot of YouTube channels associated with those sites. What I did not know was that in the eyes of YouTube, those channels were connected or they were associated. Uh, I think the term they used was linked. Linked or associated. Yes. Uh, and I didn't know that, and uh, I don't know if my team did, but I didn't. And so one of the channels was hit on, uh, I think it was last Thursday, the 12th, was hit with like more than two dozen copyright strikes via automated filters. Uh, the copyright strikes were deemed to be uh, associated with Warner Brothers. And so uh, because they have a three strike policy on YouTube, and it was like more than two dozen that came in in one shot. They shut down everything with no notice. And so Feifel, because in YouTube's eyes, Feifel is associated with the other channel, got shut down as well. And so the last week has been spent trying to find an actual living human being, like a living, breathing, you know, blood-pumping human being at YouTube because nobody likes to respond to anything. And It's the worst. Yeah, and I mean I, had, I look at it like this, and I've, I've had this conversation. I don't know if I talked to you about it, but I talked to other people about it. YouTube has tens of thousands of content creators, if not hundreds of thousands of content creators. And I understand that they don't want to make their employees too accessible because then they're going to be just bombarded. And I understand that. Where it's been frustrating for me is that I, uh, along with my attorney, we kind of like formed a little tag team on this where we've been reaching out to specific people in copyright, specific people in the legal department, specific names of specific people, and no one has returned a phone call. Yes. Uh, And that to me is frustrating, especially my my, my attorney works for one of the biggest firms in the world, uh, and so he's no chump calling these lawyers that work at YouTube and not getting a response. That's a little frustrating. Uh, the good news is that I have had luck with Warner Brothers. I've now spoken to two attorneys at Warner Brothers. Uh, they've been pretty accommodating. They are, uh, they've asked me for all the information. and uh, So I'm pretty confident things are going to get resolved. Now granted, the time of year sucks because everybody's yeah. wrapping up for the year. And so I told Sean, good chance it won't be resolved until the new year because everybody's after this week, a lot of people are going to be taking time off. So. I see that
0: as, as almost a benefit for us because we don't have another live show until January 8th, and I'm like, right. you know what? For us, maybe that's not so bad because I'll say this. People have not had trouble finding my new channel. Yeah. yeah our, and, numbers, our numbers are comparable, yep. and that's good, but um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, here here's the thing, that, and, and this was funny. This was something where Sean and I had a little disagreement. When this happened on Thursday, last Thursday the 12th, Sean, and I understand your position because, like, you put three years in and, and we have all this archival footage that's currently locked up. I get it. I get the frustration. But uh, Sean and other people that work for FIFA too, were pretty dejected and frustrated, and I like to use the term "kicking cans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not, and, and I still, to this day, am not. And the way I look at it is, is it an inconvenience? Yeah, it's an inconvenience. Is it annoying. It's annoying. Uh, and are the people at YouTube being unprofessional because they don't return a phone call? Yeah, that's, it's, it's unprofessional. Yeah. I never looked at it as any more than that. I use the term hiccup. I use the term speed bump or, or bump in the road. And Sean even said to me, uh, I feel like you're minimizing the situation because I've got three years of work in." The reason I say that is because I will never allow my business to be dictated by one platform, right? Sure. I will never allow one platform to define my business, I'll just never let that happen, and it doesn't matter if it's Fightful or if it's the other divisions of my company. That's why I don't look at this as any more than just a speed bump. And I told Sean, absolute worst-case scenario, if, if the Fightful channel in its you know, existing form never returns, and I think it will, but if it never returns, we'll start over and we'll rebuild the content. And, and a year down the road, we'll look, look back at this and we'll kind of chuckle about it and say – I will well, not <laughs>
0: chuckle about it. I will 100% not <laughs> chuckle about it. In a year,
1: you might. Like, in a a year, you
0: might. I for sure will not.
1: Okay. Because
0: as I pointed out to you, 4,500 videos, if you – I think that's roughly about three and a half per day since we've launched. That's if we put put something up every single day. Right. That's a lot. And, I mean, we don't have hundreds of thousands and stuff. And there are some times when we probably could have scaled back some of our content – And all that. And I I mean, maybe the algorithm will be kinder to us now that we're more established. I don't know. But when I go to a, a, an article from three weeks ago and it's got a dead link video on it, that's frustrating to me. When people say, Hey, I want to watch your, your interview with this person. That's frustrating to me. When we've got an entire shoot interview section, that's bare right now because of that, that's frustrating to me. And it's particularly frustrating to me because the third time, third time that we've been fucked with by YouTube or WWE fucked with us one time. Yeah. I thought it wasn't them. It was them. The fucked with us one time and we didn't do anything. And then when you try to get help, what happens? Well, I hit up The Zone and they're like, "Well, you know, Maybe, it, it, maybe if we whitelist you, that wouldn't happen. So maybe we can do an exchange where you put a banner on your site. No, I'm not rewarding you for doing your fucking job right. I'm not giving you real estate on our website so you won't fuck up at your job. You shouldn't suck at your job. You shouldn't need <laughs> like some sort of special incentive from the person that you fucked over to not suck at your job. You know the one, one benefit of this being on my channel, Jimmy? What's that? I run it, and I got to ban Melissa from the comment section.
1: Oh, how about that? <laughs> Congratulations. The Fightful Champion has been banned from this the live chat. This was track. all
0: a plan. I hit up Warner Brothers. I said, I need you to copyright strike a right. bunch of random shit. Yeah. I just want to ban Melissa. So technically, that's a TKO. Am I Fightful Champion? Uh, no,
1: you're not, because uh, there was no referee.
0: There is a referee. It's me.
1: You can't be the referee and the, and no, the competitor.
0: Okay, So you say there's got to be a camera present. For what? We putting it on Twitter? Hell no. I am the authority of the YouTube division now. Nah. I am running this.
1: Well, you're not the champion.
0: I am so, the champion. That's
1: how it is. But anyway, uh, long story short, I guess, is uh, I'm confident this will get worked out. But I'm not losing any sleep over it. I'm just not, because I, I, again, I, to me, YouTube is one of many platforms that we use. Uh, and again, I will not allow YouTube or any other platform to kind of dictate or run our business. That's right. So,
0: I will let the giant bonus that Jimmy's going to give me as a result of this define me.
1: Why would I give you a bonus? Explain that. I wouldn't you, Jimmy? Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if you want to come for a holiday party on Friday, uh, we're going to do you know, food well, challenges. You know what? Maybe if you would have told
0: me, but I have a wedding rehearsal to go to. Oh, really? Do you? Okay. I've be not been invited to one Christmas
1: party, Jimmy. And you know what's interesting? And I just thought of this. Camilo's never attended one of our holiday parties before. It's going to be fun. So I'm targeting you with one of the food challenges, Camillo. It's I'm looking at you. And matter it. of fact, Nigel is always one of our champions on the food challenges. He always yeah. crushes at least one of them. Yeah. yeah. Every year, how much did you win last year? Uh, I think I got a thousand. Thousand bucks he got last year, Sean. It's not bad,
0: you know. So we'll see. It's solid. A solid twenty three dollars USD. Yeah,
1: your your exchange <laughs> drops every time we tell these stories. Your exchange <laughs> drops. Let's move on. I want to uh, uh, talk about a few people. So first, I want to uh, express condolences to the family of Randy Colley a.k.a. Moondog Rex. Uh, me being a WWE fan from the middle late 80s, the Moondogs were always on television. They were an enhancement team back then. Uh, and the one thing I always remember Moondog Rex was how enormous he was for an enhancement talent because he was a very large human being. He passed away uh, on December 14 at the age of 69. Apparently, he had just undergone surgery to have uh, his right leg amputated from the knee down. Uh, I'm assuming from diabetes. I don't know for sure. But uh, apparently he had that surgery, and I guess there was complications. He uh, was the original Demolition Smash before yes. Barry Darso. I still vividly remember their debut with Johnny Darso. Valiant. I thought it was Darso. But yeah, they Darso. Really? But, I mean, weren't they, they chanting, like, Moondog at him and stuff? I don't recall that. I don't recall that. I just remember that, like, Johnny Valiant was their manager, which— he was so not a fit for that team, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they got a hold of Mr. Barry Darso, uh, and he took over the role, and and that's kind of what happened. Well, but he's uh, not
0: Mr. Barry Darso; he's Mr. Hole in One. I vaguely
1: remember that character WCW, yeah. right?
0: He was a golfer, yeah. I, I vaguely and the remember that character, bully, yeah. and the Repo Man. That's and right. That's right. Isn't, isn't it amazing? Like how they switched up so many people, like all they did with barry darso was shave his head and get rid of the paint and they threw in a little repo mask and that was it but crush had like six different characters but he was always the same guy he was always crush he was always yeah. he was always technically demolition crush whether he was a hawaiian or a jailbird or a biker or or what they they kind of did a call in like 93 94 as yeah well. he was always
1: crush i thought that was I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and the other thing about uh, going back, I guess, to, to, to Barry Dorso, not that I want to get away from uh, Moudat Rex because that was <laughs> kind of the point, but yeah. you might have noticed that when he was Demolition Smash, he wore a elbow pad over his tattoo because mm-hmm. he came over from the NWA where he was Crusher Khrushchev, and in the NWA, he did not cover the tattoo, and so WWE covered it thinking it was going to throw people off. When he became Repo Man, they took off the elbow pad. yeah. <laughs> Because suddenly, yeah. suddenly you don't, they don't want you to think he's demolition smash now. You know what? What did you think of when when Moondog Rex was
0: in demolition? What did you think of their paint? Because it was so different than what we saw. It was it was a lot more colorful. Well, kind of. It was like black and blue and yellow, and then yeah. his was. Like red and yellow, he would throw in some silver here. They and They were obviously
1: though. experimenting with them. What the the main thing I remember about Moondog Rex when he was Demolition Smash, because I, I remember the, pretty vividly their debut on television mm-hmm. when they won the match. Uh, Demolition Smash, Rex, Moondog Rex. He's looking around for a second, and then I don't know where he stops, and he looks straight ahead, and he and he widens his eyes, and he goes, and he just <laughs> and, he, and he just stands there doing that go back and look it up on youtube but don't look at anywhere near our channel but otherwise go back and look it up on youtube and uh and you'll see it but anyway the next thing i want to do is i want to give best wishes to tracy smothers because he was diagnosed with lymphoma he's undergoing treatment uh, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he was in WCW. He was one half of the the Southern Boys. He was one half of the Young Pistols with uh, Steve Armstrong. In WWE, he was Freddie, uh, Freddie Joe Floyd. Then he was in ECW. After that, he even worked for TNA back in, I think, 2010. His, his SMW run. Those matches with Chris Candido Smoky worked. Mountain,
0: yep. Ooh, those were amazing matches. And I, I know that a lot of contemporary fans might remember him. Uh, how I became reacquainted with him after the JBL Blue Meanie thing if you remember, he was trying to fight JBL <laughs> like right, he legitimately fist fight JBL over that. And, yes. Uh, so I've got a little bit of insight on that. I was in Lexington doing a couple of interviews at Primetime Wrestling. It was uh, it would have been two days after his diagnosis. It was November sixteenth. And uh, Tracy was supposed to do a seminar there. But the guy that I was there to interview, Chris Michaels, had to step up and do it. And I interviewed Chris for for a while. You guys are going to see that major feature coming. And I interviewed Larry D, who just got signed by Impact and runs the promotion. So I asked Chris Michaels, I'm like, hey, why why isn't Tracy here? Because I, you know, I wanted to talk to Tracy too. And he was like, well, he's feeling sick, and if he's feeling sick enough to pull out of a date, it's got to be something really bad and really serious. And I just remembered that and. This wasn't public yet, obviously. He had been diagnosed a couple days before. Mm-hmm. This booking was a couple days after. Two weeks after that, I'm at WrestleCade, and I'm interviewing Mikey Whipwreck. And Tracy Smothers just sits right down in the shot and starts grabbing, like, talking to me, like, during the interview. So I've got a bit of an interview with Tracy Smothers as well.
1: That's Couldn't cool. have been
0: nicer. Uh, very, very good dude. Obviously still willing to make his, his WrestleCade date and stuff like that. So he's still out there. He said it's not life-threatening. Right. Uh, but— Still, hope he gets better.
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So best of luck to him. Last but not least, Piper Niven. Uh, of course, she's with the NXT UK brand right now. She's pretty young. She's in her 20s. She was struck by Bell's palsy uh, this past week. And uh, I happened to check her Twitter account because I wanted to kind of see how she was doing. You want to talk about handling it like a champ. Oh, yeah. Like her Twitter account, she is so positive. She's making fun of herself with like her, like her facial expression and everything, talking about how she can do a really good people's elbow, uh, people's yeah. uh, eyebrow, I mean. She's handling it like a champ. Best of luck to her. And uh, apparently she's, she's recovering pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, she's had, you want to talk about a roller coaster of a few months. She came out uh, a few months ago, and then she announced she was engaged. I think maybe, I think it was maybe like less than a month ago. And then she gets hit with Bell's palsy. It's like, man, that that's some major life stuff happening oh, in yeah. very short very order. Short, yep. uh, hope she gets better. Like like you said, she's handling it amazingly.
1: Yep. Uh, all right, we're doing this on December eighteenth. Sean Ross Sapp had some news about Killer Cross today. What is it, Sean? He's a free agent.
0: He is free and clear now. There were there was a lot of positioning and, and stuff that was going around, and uh, supposedly. I later find out that Impact like, quietly announced it on their Twitter before I got the information, but I got the information straight from the source. Uh, Killer Cross told me that he was free and clear. I asked him after I had heard. He was like, yep, sure am. Um, happened today. This is the best possible move. and I got the feeling once they moved to Access, this type of thing would happen. The people at Access are working very, very hard to rehabilitate the image of Impact Wrestling. And this would have been a major negative mm-hmm. if they kept a guy under contract for another year, uh, as his rollover would have mandated. Didn't book him, didn't pay him anything. It would have been a huge black mark. But you look at a guy like Killer Cross, and the way he can talk, the way he can work, how he looks—he's mm-hmm. going to be in demand, Jimmy. Like if I'm if I'm Ring of Honor, I'm throwing six figures at him immediately. Like there's no way you don't try to sign this guy. Yeah, but they won't go beyond twenty grand. <laughs> well, uh, because nobody's ever worth more than twenty grand, Jimmy, especially not Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I. Uh, my gut tells me he's going to WWE because that's where his girlfriend is. That's kind of my gut. And I, I had even said to Sean, uh, "Devil's Advocate, do you think WWE went after Scarlett because they want Killer Cross?" You know. But uh, I, yeah. I think that's where he's going, and I, I think he'll be he would be fantastic on the NXT brand. I think he could crush it on that brand. I think it's, it's hard sometimes for guys to, on the main roster to get lost in the shuffle because they got so much talent. Yeah. But in NXT, I think he would do very well. He's got a very unique look, He's a unique talent, like you said. So I think just, he could fit in anywhere, though. Like he could go over to New Japan because he's got that MMA background. Yeah, you go
0: New Japan too. Yep. Also, I could think of a lot worse people to be leading the Dark Order. Those two people like if you wanted a real face like a person to kind of stand in front of them I think that you could do a lot worse than that uh, I think that he's going to be really good and he should have a lot of offers very soon. He's been like he's been doing so great this year even without impact yep. with those like sort of like blood sports shows that he does yep. the future stars of wrestling natural born killers really like Killer Cross. I never
1: did see the Frank Muir match. How was that?
0: Uh what from earlier this year? I don't yeah. know if he faced Mirror. Oh,
1: did they not have the one on one? I thought they were having the one on one with uh, the company out of Vegas. No,
0: they never that, that, that was the Natural Born Killers thing, but I don't know if that match. Let me let me. I don't know if that was the one from. No, I, they didn't face each other. Oh, They did. That was that was the face off there. I know I, they had I the face
1: off. I thought Mir wrestled the next month. I thought
0: I'm not. I'm not. I, I'd have to go back and okay. look. Like right. it's been such a scatterbrained period. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I want to move on and talk about NXT versus AEW for a minute. It's such a polarizing topic and it's so fascinating. So it seems, and we've talked before about how, you know, pro AEW fans crap all over WWE, sometimes unnecessarily. Pro WWE fans crap all over AEW, sometimes unnecessarily. Uh, It's very clear to me in a lot of ways how blind people, when they have an allegiance to one brand, how blind they are to the facts. Yeah. Uh, I find that very interesting. On December 16th, WWE NXT's Twitter account posted this. Do you have the uh the tweet shot there, Camillo? Breaking the NXT championship match between Adam Cole and Finn Balor will kick off NXT and will be presented commercial free this Wednesday, which of course is uh tonight. I retweeted that tweet with my own little commentary on Twitter. Put up my <laughs> put up my tweet. Uh yeah, put Camillo. up his shit
0: post, please.
1: Yeah. No, oh yeah, right, my shit post. I said NXT launching on USA had nothing to do with AEW launching on Twitter and the fact this show's this week's show will start with a big match and be commercial free has nothing to do with the fact that AEW has a loaded season finale card booked, right? And obviously what I meant by that is it's very obvious that NXT is on USA to counter-program AEW. It's very obvious. And it's very obvious that NXT makes moves to counter-program AEW, like the overrun, like starting with a hot match, like having it be commercial-free. You would not believe how many people responded to me, Sean, telling me I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Some people said, some people said, oh, sure, Sean. Some people said AEW hasn't released their card yet when at that time they had released five matches for the show. And people said, what do you mean they haven't released their card yet? There were other people that said, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. NXT was already on Wednesday nights. They were Mm -hmm. on the (laughs) network, they were not on television. And the fact of the matter is it was on July 24th, which ironically enough is my birthday, it was on July 24th that AEW announced that they're going to be on Wednesday night starting October 2nd. A month later, WWE announced that NXT is going to be on USA, and in order to try to jump the gun on AEW, they announced that they were going to be launching in September. A couple of weeks before AEW, and just to show you how last minute that whole thing was, USA had the Suits finale going on, and the Suits finale was so important to USA, <laughs> right? It was so important that they had to split up NXT, put the first hour on USA, and put the second hour on the network because they didn't want to take Suits off the air because it was the finale. It's so obvious that that NXT was done intentionally to counter-program AEW, and there were some people that said to me on Twitter, well, what do you care? It's competition. I don't care. I'm cool with competition, but at least acknowledge it. WWE has never acknowledged it. Even Triple H has never acknowledged it. Oh, one has nothing to do with the other, which is bullshit. They did it intentionally to counter-program AEW, and it would be cool if they would own up. To the things that they there, do.
0: there are a lot of people that would say, oh, well, they've been talking about that forever. They had NXT on in December 2017. Well, that's fine. There was no deal in place. There right. was no deal being set until then. AEW knew long before. I talked to people in AEW well ahead of time. I'm pretty sure I showed Jimmy the messages where they're like, yeah, we know NXT is going to go up against us whatever night we're on. And I had people that specifically in WWE told me that the plan was. NXT versus AEW, quote, whatever night they're on. If this would have been Thursday, then NXT would have been moved to Thursdays, and that's when it would have happened. That's just, I mean, this is from people that work on the show, lots of them. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it.
1: No, I have no issue with it. I just just wish that they would actually own up to it. There's nothing wrong with competition. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. When
0: people, when you say that, people think that you're like, taking a shot at it. Yeah. You're taking a shot at them downplaying it, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like, no, not at all. It's, it's very frustrating to, to see that Uh, like where people just can't be rooted in realism. I'll I'll complain about stuff, but I'm going to be fair about it. I'm going to come back the next week with a different, with a fresh perspective on things, because if you don't give something a fair shot, then it's not really objective and everything's going to be rooted in bias and that's important for my job. But if you want to be a tolerable human being,
1: it's kind of kind of important. A tolerable human being.
0: Tol- yeah. Yeah. I know that that's a crazy concept to you. Is that how to you find yourself?
1: That. You're a tolerable human being. I'm a tolerable human being. I'm not going to say <laughs> I'm a pleasant
0: human being. I'm tolerable.
1: I should show you a picture. My, my kids today got their picture taken with Santa Claus. And I couldn't make it today because I had stuff to do at the office. But my wife sent me the photo, and I immediately recognized that Santa. And I said to my wife, is that the asshole Santa? Because (laughs) two years ago, two years ago, we had the same Santa, right? And two years ago, I was there for that. And no joke, my kid was being a little bit troublesome because she was three, right yeah She was being a little bit troublesome and i was over you know and i I said to to santa i said uh hey sorry maybe let's try putting her on this side whatever he looked at me and he goes uh you mind letting me do my job wow and i could tell by looking at him i could tell by looking at him this is just a miserable human being and and so what i did was I, i looked at him and i said hey relax let me take care of it all right and he's like well i'm just trying to do my job here sir and I was like, all right, we're dealing with a miserable asshole Santa. <laughs> That's good shit. So as That's soon as I saw shit. the photo, and I'm not going to show you the photo because I don't like showing too much stuff with my kids, yeah. but the photo, my, my daughter's smiling in the camera, and asshole Santa's looking at the camera like this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's just a
1: miserable, miserable asshole Santa. I don't know how he's employed, but he is, so good for him, I guess.
0: Oh, well, uh, you know who was employed for a long time and might be again if if the fantasy matchup comes together. Stevie Ray, who was called out by The Revival this week, I was like, you know what? I wasn't going to run this interview for a week because I don't have a fucking channel! <laughs> but you all get to hear a part of that interview right now. Well, I always put over your, your analysis whenever I've seen your stuff on title match wrestling. Like you're still so plugged into everything wrestling, and you have all this great advice. How how often do you have people telling you that you have influenced their careers, especially within the tag team ranks?
2: Well, the thing is, man, just like when I uh, when I was doing my Hall of Fame speech, and I talked about uh, how Arn Anderson had you know greeted me when I first came in, me and my brother, and I never forgot that. So when it comes to professional wrestling, it's it, just like in life, man. It's easy to not give. It's hard to give and have empathy for others that's trying to come up and do the same thing. Because I've never been one of those persons worrying about somebody taking what I got. Never been that guy. If I can help you, I'll help you. And I can inspire you, I'll inspire you. And I think that's how life should be because that's how Jesus Christ lived his life.
0: I remember you telling me proof that I interviewed you, that Doug Dillinger walked up to you one time and was like, Here's the slapjack. They told me it's for you. And you told me that you were like, I did not ask for this. (laughs) And then you had it. Is that something that, like, you got to keep plentiful these days? Do you still have slapjacks
2: laying around? Well, I got a couple. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, Actually, that situation, you're 100% right. Somebody heard me talking in conversation with some other wrestlers. And I was saying... Man, if I could think of my own gimmick, you know what I would do? I'd make me a slapjack and I'd hit somebody yeah. in the back of the head like they used to do on the old gangster yeah. movies, right? So somebody heard that and they got to the office and the office thought it was cool. And next thing I know, they'd make me a slapjack, but they never told me about it. Yeah. And I'm like, where did this come from? That was a true story. But in the, in the real, yeah, I still keep a couple of my slapjacks with me. Maybe I'll start marketing them. Yeah, why not?
0: Yeah. Why not? Uh, one of your NWO stablemates, Vincent Soul Train Jones, has made a reemergence on the wrestling scene. Oh, I did not know that. You didn't know that. He's been in
2: some AEW Chris Jericho vignettes. You know, I saw that, yeah. but I thought the stuff was superimposed. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought somebody was making a joke. Yeah, oh on, on, no, I'm just saying, with yeah. the picture that I saw, I did not know that. Hey, good for him. Yeah, he's gotten his way back in there, gotten a couple dates. I was wondering what you thought about that. Yeah, like, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, I haven't gotten a chance to watch AEW at any length, but uh, I, I think they're going to a hell of a job. Yeah, I'll let the people know where they can find you on social media and all over the web. Hey, they can find me at the Real Stevie Ray on uh, my Twitter, or Stevie Ray on Twitter, Real Stevie Ray, on uh, Instagram. what Instagram. There you go. Uh, you, I mean, you can find a lot of my stuff on YouTube. I'm getting ready to come out with a new video magazine. Actually, going to be calling it uh, Inside Professional Wrestling with Stevie Ray. And you can also find me on Facebook, you know, the uh, Stevie Ray Athlete of the Stevie Ray. So, hey, man, I'm all over the place and I'm going to be out there even more.
0: Stevie Ray, this is evidence that this interview actually happened. Thank you so much. Until next time, we're out. I would like to issue a personal apology as well as extending thoughts and prayers. To those who are affected by my language, <laughs> this is an incredibly tough time for me personally, as I am dealing with not having. Channel,
1: unfortunately, Sorry, I... unfortunately, you froze, so we missed everything you oh, oh, said. Oh no,
0: no, no! I muted my microphone. Oh, you while did. I cursed. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I would just like to issue a personal apology in that regard. My
1: wife's. <laughs> because my wife sent me a text message during that interview (laughs) saying she wanted to watch the podcast but my kids are home with her and she's like sean's got a potty mouth it's like f f f shit 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 basically i try not to curse i try not to curse I, i i apologize she's a wonderful woman all right, so uh, again, we're doing this on December eighteenth. So I was asking Sean during that interview, "What are they calling tonight again? The season finale of uh, like of AEW Dynamite and NXT on USA." So loaded cards tonight, Sean.
0: Well, AEW will be there on December thirtieth. So I don't know why they're doing that. They're gonna be oh, live. A... They're
1: gonna be live that day. Yeah, huh? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, AEW Dynamite has uh, five matches announced. Plus, plus Awesome Kong. They haven't announced an opponent for her yet. But Jericho Jungle Boy non-title, which, you know, is a little asterisk that you got to remember – SEU Young Bucks for the uh, tag team titles, Omega Hangman.
3: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to
1: take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end
3: credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
1: Lucha Brothers, and I could see Hangman and Omega maybe starting their little program. Uh, Britt Baker, Chris Statlander, number one contender match, and Cody and Darby Allen against the Butcher and Blade. So that's interesting. And then on USA, two big matches: Adam Cole, Finn Balor for the NXT title; Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley for the uh, women's title. Those are some that's like takeover worthy. Sean. Also, I need to clarify:
0: they're doing a show on January first. My bad. So yes, this would make sense as the the season finale. Season, right. Okay. Uh, I'm dumb. But yeah, they, I've been looking forward to covering wrestling tonight and that doesn't always happen. Like, I'll be honest, there's a lot of times I'm like, "All right, it's raw, cool. I, I never dread my job." But I'll get to 8:45 p.m. and I'm like kind of yawning. I'm not I'm I'm excited to cover things tonight. I'm ready for it.
1: Hell, you yawn sometimes during the show and you have no idea how much that irritates me.
0: Well, I mean, look at what I'm working with here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look who who signs the checks. Let's yawn my ass off. my channel, my rules. Ah, here we go. Yeah, here we go. So you know how last week, you know how last week, yeah, I'll remember that come payday. You know how (laughs) last week, last week we talked about fundamental problems with AEW Creative. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was interesting because Chris Jericho, he was just on the Keeping It One Hundred podcast with Conan, uh, Shane Helms, and Disco Inferno, and Shane on that isn't on that show anymore. Oh, he's not. Okay, I just looked no. at their YouTube and he was listed there, but yeah, uh, he's just Chris Jericho said that he called the team meeting because the lack of tag rules in psychology drove him nuts. And that was a quote, drove him nuts. He specifically called it the Lucha Brothers. He said that they were lazy with tags. They tried to explain it away by saying that it was Lucha style. Uh, and Jericho claims that he called them out as being lazy And uh, you know what I found really interesting about that? Number one, we've talked about the tag team stuff a ton of times. But another thing is there are specific websites that I won't mention, wrestling sites, that are very obviously pro AEW. uh, Mm -hmm. And whenever they review Young Bucks matches, they consistently praise their psychology. And if you know what sites and what reviewers I'm talking about, they consistently praise the Young Bucks psychology. And I always read those reviews going, What?! Because the Young Bucks have zero psychology in their matches. I zero. Say zero. Okay, fine. They have 1% psychology in their I, matches.
0: I, I'll say this because a lot of people assume that that also means, oh, they don't sell, they can't sell. They can no, sell their Yeah,
1: I'm up. not talking selling. I'm not yeah, talking uh, selling.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what a lot of people. I mean, if you can get Vince Russo to admit that the Young Bucks are good at selling, which I've been able to do, eh, yeah, it's a pretty good indicator, man. Like, even he can't be like, no, they don't. They, they're really good at selling, but this this is why I'm such a stickler for things making sense because things making sense help accentuate things mattering. Rules matter. Rules should matter because they're important. Hats off to Chris Jericho for doing that. Yep. Uh, quite frankly, we we brought it up on the Wednesday Night War podcast, which airs every week after NXT and AEW. Mm-hmm. Pentagon's a little overrated, I think, and has been. I think he was the beneficiary of a lot of editing on Lucha Underground. I mean, he, Phoenix
1: of, is by far the, te- the the athlete of that team. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. Phoenix is a top-ten worker in the world. Nick Jackson's opinion. actually very good, too. He's very, yes. very good yeah. athlete.
0: And and I think that Matt Jackson is also very good. But him and, him and Nick are so different. And so are Pentagon and Phoenix. But a lot of times I'll see Phoenix, and he's like, get lost, super kick. Get lost, super kick. Get lost, uh, they're on their knees, another one. Like, It's it's a little frustrating. So when I, I would see them just hop in and out, and that buries the ref. And a lot of times these matches are early. And any show that is worth their weight, one of the first things you'll hear in a backstage meeting is, if you're going to bury the ref, you better not be the first match. It better be like seven or eight or something like that, because that ref has to hold the respect of the crowd for the duration of the show. And if you show the crowd in match number one that that ref is not to be respected and mm-hmm. his rules are not to be respected, then everything that everybody tries to do for the remainder of the night
1: is hampered by that. And
0: I thought that this, is, this was a big problem.
1: Yeah, well, good on Chris Jericho for calling that out. I think that he has been such a, such a positive, such an asset to yeah. AEW. I think he's been the biggest, uh, the biggest asset of anybody in that company so far. So uh, so good for him. I want to ask you about Bray Wyatt at TLC. I felt they missed the mark pretty hard. What did you think?
0: <sighs> yeah, that match sucked like so it. bad. I I liked the entrance. I liked the entrance, but it was quiet when he first came out.
1: Yeah, quiet. I was. That was actually that was the one match that I was looking forward to on the show. I felt like the Miz was the wrong opponent, uh, but I was looking forward to the match just because I wanted to see how are they going to handle Bray Wyatt as Bray Wyatt. Yeah. The entrance was okay, uh, but once the bell rang, I thought they massively missed the mark. The crowd did not like it. Uh, and to be honest with you, when he pulled the sweater off and he had the singlet underneath, I almost questioned, okay, is he going to like disappear and then come back in with the mask on or something? Because yeah. he looked like the Fiend without the mask on once the sweater came off. Massively missed the mark. Uh, I, I did not like it. I thought Brian looked great. And yeah, he, uh, did. he looked really good. And I really, I love it when he does those, the, the big running uh, drop kicks in the corner. Oh boy. Yeah. I love those. Cause he's you know, your reminds we have when he does those, he reminds me of Kenny Omega with the, just just yeah. the quick, the quick uh, intensity on those. Uh-huh. But uh, didn't, I wasn't feeling Bray. I will say this, the thing on SmackDown, when they had the doll in the crib, mm-hmm. I kind of dug that, even though I know it's going to turn to another piece of merch. Cause that's what they yeah. do with Bray Wyatt. But I kind of dug the doll in the crib. I thought that was all right what do you think of all that? Like I'm sitting here
0: and I'm like, well, I'm I'm glad that Bray's facing Daniel Bryan because, you know, maybe he's the one with Roman Reigns, but I'm struggling. Okay, the t- last man standing with John Cena was also great. Other than that, I'm struggling to remember somebody besides Reigns, Cena, and Br- Daniel Bryan that Bray Wyatt had a great singles match with. Now, a lot of what he's doing doesn't depend on great matches. But if you have stinker after stinker after stinker, that reputation is going to precede you. That being said, if the three people that you've had a great match with are John Cena, Roman Reigns, and Daniel Bryan, I don't know if that instills a ton of confidence in me Mm -hmm. in that regard because that ain't that hard to do. They're all three awesome entertainers at what they do. This should... This played the hokey-pokey with the character. I couldn't tell if if Bray Wyatt was – or if he was a badass. I could not tell. I don't know if he was just a normal dude who was competitive. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll reserve judgment and see how it plays out eventually. But yeah, I, I thought the entrance was the highlight of this and, yeah. or Daniel Bryan's appearance was the highlight of it. The entrance was okay because he took a crowd that made no noise when he came out. And by the end, they were kind of excited for it. But that match sucked. And, ah, that's a bummer.
1: I really think that the program with Seth really hurt Bray Wyatt. It did. Because, you know, Vince McMahon, he was probably thinking, you know, I want to recreate The Undertaker in terms of no selling finishes and stuff like that. But they made Bray look stupid because he would stay down to allow the referee to call off the match, yeah. and then pop up like he wasn't hurt when you've just lost your title opportunity. Yeah. So they made him look stupid, and I I think he really lost momentum and lost steam because of that program. So we'll see if I they agree. can we'll see if they can get it back with Brian. Kyrie, seeing any update? None,
0: none. I mean, she got evaluated Monday, but everybody who knows anything knew she was going to get updated Monday. Not cleared. Pull from of live events upcoming. I mean, I don't blame them for pulling her for up, from upcoming live events. Why why even risk it? I mean, they they the good thing, they got a couple weeks to kill. And another good thing, Asuka is clearly being positioned to wrestle Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. Yep. So you don't really need to rush to like pull the title from her or anything mm-hmm. because wh- why would you do that? Uh somebody in the QA on Fightful Select, which I'm about to plug. They said, how, how would you feel if they brought up Io Shirai and had her like as a third member of the Kabuki Warriors? And I was thinking about what she's doing on NXT right now, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? That'd, that'd be real good, honestly. She would fit right in with them with the heel personalities. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about flexibility? What that would give the Kabuki Warriors? They could run the Freebird rule. Freebird rule. They, they, could, they could still be on NXT because they've got those women's titles and they've established that. If Oscar wanted a singles run, or Kyrie, or Io wanted a singles run, it's there. I think that would be a brilliant idea. They don't have to change up the gimmick for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's. I think that would be really good. I mean, now there's there's something to be said about grouping all the Japanese women together, but they're all connected and by it, Kyrie saying
1: it would be like a pioneering act. Yeah. Like has there ever been a female freebird rule type act like that?
0: Not really. See, that's the thing. There's so many things that are exhausted tropes that they do with men that they don't do with women. Right. Are 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 there any women with male managers right now? Women with male managers. I'm why not
3: sure. why isn't
0: why isn't Malcolm Bivens managing somebody? Why isn't Robbie E managing somebody? Why isn't Drake Maverick managing somebody? Yeah. Why, why don't we see any of that? Even Sami Zayn could have a, a female talent. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if, if, you know how I had put over how Malcolm Bivens and Stokely Hathaway should have managed AOP. What if it were him managing Nia Jackson Tamina? Like, and he was their mouthpiece. Are they going to be a great in-ring team? No, but you're going to look forward to the promos uh-huh, at least. Uh-huh. There are so many things that have been done to death with men that they could use for women, and it'd, it'd seem a lot more fresh. And I think that would work. A whole lot better. But you know what works, Jimmy? Fightful Select works. FightfulSelect.com. My Q&A show goes up tomorrow. Over 100 questions answered. The second half of your Q&A goes up this weekend. But in the meantime, we've got Sour Graps from Alex Pawlowski. I know a lot of people miss him on review shows. But he reviews Raw and SmackDown every single week. And we run those live. Also, every single week, we have Steven Jensen's Fightful Select Weekender podcast. We're talking NWA Ring of Honor, 205 Live, NXT UK. A lot of stuff in that regard over there. You get lots of exclusive news. But for all subscribers this month, I'm going to sh- give you early access to our Christmas edition of Listen Your Boy. And when me and Denise get our uh, wrestling theme song show filmed, that will be up there as well. We got retro reviews every month. And you know, I got a lot of people asking about like when we move it to Fightful.com. I'm getting more excited. The more people ask me about that, I'm like, all right, cool. There's some, there's some interest there. So, uh, keep your eyes on that, guys. But
1: FightfulSelect.com is how to directly support what we do. Cool. So uh, we had the Stevie Ray interview, and you mentioned the revival. What was the point of that whole thing with uh, the revival and Booker? Was that like just some off the cuff thing, or do you think that they're actually going to consider having Harlem Heat do a one off?
0: I don't know if WWE will consider it, but I think the revival would consider it. I think the revival believe enough in themselves that they think that they could get a good match out of Harlem Heat. Now, I I want to be clear because I know somebody will tag Booker T and say, "Oh, get a good match out of yeah." He doesn't wrestle anymore; he's in his (laughs) fifties. So, yeah, that is the situation. Uh, Stevie hasn't wrestled in a long, long time, and I think that the revival would be good enough to get a good match out of Harlem Heat, and they should beat them, but. I don't know if that would happen, but that, why not? I, I thought the promo on Booker T was great. I thought it was good heel stuff. And it, if they get the match, then good. If they don't, well, then they look a lot tougher than if they're 50 years old.
1: Yeah, I just I question why they did it at all. I just, I, I was trying to understand what's the point of even doing it if there's no planning seats.
0: Planning seats. Yeah,
1: I guess. So this. Uh, well, this...
0: Here, here's the thing also. Sorry to interrupt. Yep. You know Vince McMahon hates when people plant seeds if there is no potential match. Do you think the revival give a shit if it pisses off Vince McMahon right now?
1: Uh, well, I I think I don't think they did it without Vince McMahon's knowledge or without somebody's Probably not. knowledge. Like I Probably I, not. I think they damn well knew they were going to do it. And yes. Vince McMahon's at the point where planting seeds with no payoff, he's way past that. You know what yeah. I mean? Doesn't make a difference. Uh, Lashley, Lana, <laughs> I want to ask you about this. So we've talked about how bad the storyline is. We've talked about how, well, at least Lana's promo work has been pretty good. At least that's been one one highlight of a really shitty program. Kayla Braxton of all people posted this on Twitter on December sixteen. I want to get your thoughts on it. You have it, Camilla? The tweet. Kayla Braxton's tweet. She says that she would forego her pay to We literally have uh, not three pieces it. of media this week. We got nothing. There it is. I'll forego my paycheck to never see Lana and Lashley together on television again. I found it interesting that somebody like Kayla Braxton would post that. Uh do you think that she's somebody that WWE they don't care enough about to even really notice it? Do you think that she's somebody where she doesn't care if she gets heat for it? What do you think? What what are your thoughts on on having her kind of crap on a WWE storyline like that?
0: Good. I'd prefer honesty. Um uh, which, I mean, I think is partially in storyline as well. Maybe you could you could see it as that, and if she were to get heat from it, she could easily say that, I think.
1: I guess. I don't know. It just seemed to me like she was shitting on the program. But Yeah, oh, well, I mean, it sucks, so. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It's really bad. I am excited for the wedding, though. NWA into the fire. How was it? The pay-per-view? I haven't seen it. Bless this company! A two and a <laughs> half hour show <laughs>
0: okay. at six o five p.m. on a Saturday. Oh my God! Like I mean, I was up till two in the morning just watching UFC before the coverage. I was up till five a.m. covering it, but before any major fights happened, NWA into the fire was done. I had assigned that to Warren. Warren, uh, you all subscribe to him at youtubecom A's. But his the review show was over there and I was like, shit, I could have been on this review show. The show was over at like 830. I was stoked, Jimmy. I couldn't have been happier. Two and a half hours was so much more digestible and the show was good. And Marty
1: Skrull showed up. <laughs> yeah, Marty Skrull showed up, and he also did the power tapings afterwards. Yeah. Uh, is this a situation, because we know that Cole Cabana, he was working Ring of Honor and NWA at the same time. Is it basically a similar situation? I know his contract with Ring of Honor is coming up, or maybe it's already expired, but uh, I don't think he's signing full-time with the, with the NWA. I think this no. is just something he's doing. Is he still technically under contract to Ring of Honor, or is his contract up? I don't know if
0: he's under contract. He's under an agreement with them, but... I don't know if you've noticed. Did you see what Cody said about it? Uh, he's keeping his options open. Have you noticed? And this is not a shot at Cody,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but when it seems like people aren't going to end up in AEW, like Cody is quick to be like, "Oh, well, this is what they're doing." Like the CM Punk thing, he's like, "I think CM Punk's going back to WWE." Yeah, type of thing. And he's he like, "Oh, He wasn't Marty's. I, I know. And yeah. he's like, "Oh, Marty's keeping his options open." I was like, "Well, I mean, I would kind of leave that up to them." personally but if that's how he wants to do it that's fine i understand that cody's very transparent in his interviews these days like he's he's very honest or you know transparent in these like he talked about the money in the bank stuff but it's just something i noticed but if you're if you're marty here's the thing a lot of people were asking me whether or not joey ryan had a bunch of options because that was a lot of speculation they're like well what will he do will he go to aew and i'm thinking everybody's getting signed by WWE, Ring of Honor, NXT, Impact even, Mm -hmm. AEW. Somebody's got
1: to headline these indie shows. Yeah, the thing with Joey Ryan, though, and and he kind of acknowledged it too, is he could have gone to AEW and he could have gone to WWE, but not as that character.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he gets to do that. He gets to work whenever he wants, well, except for the Impact stuff. If Marty wants to do that for a while,
1: I don't blame the dude. Yeah, he might. He might. I mean, I I still can't help but think he's going to end up in AEW. That's where all his buddies are. Sure, sure. but you're right. If if he wants to explore the waters. In the
0: short term, can you think of a bigger indie headliner than than him? I mean, the thing is, I I think that's probably what Matt Hardy will do in March, too. Matt Hardy, I I don't see AEW falling all over themselves to work with him, Mm. although if he's work in matches like he did Monday every single week. Maybe maybe they would cuz that was awesome, but mm-hmm. I see him as a creative guy and if you want your your indie show promoted or if you're Impact or Ring of Honor or even NWA, he would fit right in with a lot of those infomercials that you see on NWA with his broken stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I think that there's there's about to be a couple really interesting names out there that are going to freelance and do a little bit of what Samoa Joe did a few years ago before WWE was like, oh, we don't like this. Let's get him a part of the,
1: the roster full time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, to me, you know, I, I try to put myself into the mindset of a, of a wrestler. And to me, working the independence seems like such a hustle. It does, and and you never know. Sometimes, unless you, unless you only work with established promoters that you know and have and trust and whatever, you never know if you're getting that paycheck. You never know if you know what I'm saying. Like it's, I would much rather work for an AEW if the money is right, yeah. Uh, than I would be an independent wrestler. But I, but again, I can't put myself in the shoes of Marty Scroll, so I don't know what also, he's thinking. Also, you get to pick when you work, pretty much where you work if you book a show
0: you can probably also book a seminar you can book a signing mm-hmm. you can probably book a meet and greet you can sign a stack of 8 by 10s mm-hmm. you can sell your merch there's there's an awful lot of, of freedom there and i mean we we heard Cody say it a couple years ago now the money is much better in WWE now than it was in 2016 mm-hmm. but he said he made more money on the indies than he did in WWE
1: yep yep uh aaron stevens mr Uh, damian sandow so he won the national title on uh, nwa into the fire what's up with him because i know that he had left wrestling he wanted to try his hand at acting and we know what a tough racket that is you can just ask cody Rhodes. you can ask chris jericho you can even ask steve austin who said that he would never audition again so is aaron stevens now looking to get back full time into pro wrestling or what's the situation with him
0: no, I can, I can see what I can find out about that from NWA, or, or I can reach out to Aaron in particular. But I think this is good, man. He got out of wrestling when he was like 34, 35. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, quite frankly, before your prime as a pro wrestler these days. But he was past his prime. He had stopped tanning. He didn't look like he worked out anymore. That's not the case now. He looks like he's motivated. He looks like he's interested and he looks like he's into this. And it looks like this is something he can really sink his teeth into. And I'm stoked. The guy's 37 years old. He's a big dude. He's like 6'4", 240. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's got it. it. He's a part of that class, Jimmy. They just looked like they were poised to be upper upper card guys or main event guys. And WWE was just like, mm, no. Because they had Cody Rhodes was hot as Dashing Cody Rhodes. Wade Barrett was hot in the Nexus. You had Ryback hot for a while with the with the CM Punk stuff. You had a lot of those guys, and they all left like around the same time. And it's like, oh, well,
1: there goes that. So I, I'm glad to see him back, honestly. Cool. Uh, what, how do you think Cody feels about the fact that the NWA's next pay-per-view on January 24th is going to be called Hard Times? How do you think Cody feels about that? I, I, I don't want to speak
0: for Cody, but generally when homage has been paid to his father— He's, he seems happy about it. Like right. he doesn't seem to – again, I don't want to speak for Cody, but he's never seemed like the kind of guy that thinks that his father's legacy belongs to only whatever he's working with type mm. of thing, if that makes sense. And I mean I think a big part of the reason he did the NWA stuff was because of his father obviously. Oh, so sure, sure. Yeah. I, I would imagine he doesn't have a problem with it, but then again, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not Cody Rhodes. Still one of the greatest promos
1: of all time. Oh, of course. I I, I still look it up on YouTube every now and then. It's one of the greatest. Yeah.
0: Do you ever look up my promos? Oh, you can't. (laughs) Uh,
1: Cole Cabana, what's the word on him? So he, he finished up with the Ring of Honor after Final Battle. So what's the story on Cole Cabana?
0: There's a big, big push among talent that I've spoken to in AEW that want him there. I don't know if he'll get there. There's a big talent push of talent that won him there. He lost the NWA title. He finished up on commentary. Poor Ian Riccoboni, man! Like this guy has had like, or, or not not just Riccoboni, who's awesome, but Ring of Honor can't keep commentators. Ke- Kevin Kelly left. Uh, Steve Carino left. He was very good. Now Colt Cabana left, and I like Caprice Coleman and Ian Riccoboni, so I think they'll be fine. But, Lord, if one of them leave, like, what the hell? So What's Cab-
1: next? Cabana left on his own accord?
0: I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay, okay. I don't know if he didn't get renewed. I don't know if he left. But he finished up. Yeah, he they, up. they gave him a, and I thought it was very nice of Ring of Honor to give him a match at final battle with Alex Shelley, a guy he had never been able to wrestle singles before. Mm-hmm. That was very cool of them. But it it looked like that he was freeing himself up last weekend. That, that's how
1: it came off to me Yeah, but
0: I uh, yeah.
1: alright we'll see what happens there and then what do you think about PCO winning the Ring of Honor title at Final Battle
0: <laughs> they didn't put the title on Marty Skrull in April mm-hmm. do you know how much more sense it would have made to have Marty Skrull hold that title all the way up to December with the villain uh, villain enterprises thing and then PCO breaks free from the control of Marty Skrull, and beats Marty Skrull at Final Battle for that title. Instead,
1: they had a shitty, heatless match with Roosh. This has been maybe the worst year uh, in, Ring of, in, in the last, what, decade for Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I didn't see Final Battle live. I, I saw you know a couple clips of it, but when I heard that PCO won the Ring of Honor title... Nothing against P.C.O. I mean, the guy's had a, a rejuvenation of his career, and he's worked hard to kind of get himself a full time contract again. I don't know if that's the guy at, at 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 this age and everything that I want to be my champion. I think he'll lose the title in a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe he will. Maybe he will. But it's it's Ring of Honor, man. What a what a fall from grace for Ring of Honor. It's unbelievable how they fall. And the thing off. is,
0: like. The buzz around PCO was before he got to ROH. Yes. After he after he faced Walter and he was doing all that crazy shit there. Yes. He, he faced Janella back in June two thousand eighteen. And since then it's it's died down a lot. They really should have had Marty Skrull versus PCO with Marty being the champion the last eight months.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. Well, last thing I got for you. So don't forget after this, go to com. We're going to have the list goes on. I got extra stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about backstage. And he's already preparing himself, Nigel. He's already preparing himself. Yeah, that's great. We're going to have stuff about backstage, Stephanie McMahon, Liv Morgan. I'm going to talk about those live event commercials WWE does. So we're going to talk about that stuff. But one more thing I want to talk about before we go off the air. I want to talk about Colby Covington. Uh, anybody that's not an MMA fan, you're going to understand why I'm talking about it. So last weekend was UFC 245. Colby Covington got a shot at the UFC welterweight title against Kamaru Uzman.
0: He got a shot, all right.
1: Well, let me, let me talk about it. So he, he suffered a fractured jaw in the third round. He fought for two more rounds with a broken jaw, which is balls. Uh, he ended up uh, losing by TKO in the fifth round. A lot of people reveled in the fact that he suffered a broken jaw. And, mm-hmm. and we're kind of poking fun on him on social media and stuff like that. Here's why I want to talk about this. A few years ago, nobody knew who Colby Covington was. right? Nobody yes. had a clue. Colby Covington figured it out. He mm-hmm. figured out that uh, sports is entertainment. And it doesn't matter if it's wrestling, if it's boxing, if it's MMA, even if it's football or basketball, you have to be entertaining to, to become a star. Now, granted, you have to be a winner, too. Because if, if you go out there and don't win, then you're going to have a short shelf life. But you look at guys like Floyd Mayweather and you look at guys like Conor McGregor, they got it. And yeah. the reason that they became very successful financially is because they got it. And Colby Covington figured it out. Uh, now, maybe he was a little controversial sometimes with some of his comments, but he decided to grasp the heel persona. That's why he wore the Make America Great Again hats, openly supported Donald Trump, went to the White House, picked Kurt Angle's entrance music as his his music to walk to the cage because he wanted people to chant, you suck, during that song. He did that intentionally. He grasped being a heel. uh, And I think anybody that's reveling in the fact that he suffered a broken jaw, you completely missed the point. Kind of. No, you did because there's so many guys in MMA and in wrestling too, but MMA more than anything. Let me finish. Let me finish. There's so many guys in MMA that they don't understand the entertainment aspect of that business. And when they win a fight and they're in the cage with Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan says, What's next? What do they say, Sean? Ah, whatever, Dana White. You know, gives me whatever the UFC decides for me. There are zero stars in the UFC now, aside from Jon Jones, because he keeps winning. Uh, Daniel Cormier, I guess, because, you know, he, he won, but he was also a good talker. You can count on one hand how many bankable box office stars they have in the UFC, and it's because nobody grasp the entertainment aspect of the business. They all want to be too polite and they want to be too respectful. You have to become an entertainer if you want to be successful in that business. And I respect the fact that Colby Covington was, yeah, he said some really controversial things uh, and I'm not going to defend him on that necessarily, but he understood you've got to be an entertainer in this business. uh, And he chose to be a heel and I fully respect him for that.
0: Yes. Relatively speaking, he made a name for himself much bigger than he would have. Absolutely. No question. I do think that a lot of people overblow how much of a name that he's made for himself. Uh, his ESPN numbers were some of the worst that they've ever done. The prelim numbers for this show were down from the last pay-per-view. Also, can you remember anything that K- Kamara Usman has ever said ever besides, I gave 20% tonight?
1: That Kamaru Usman has said? Yes. The only thing that I can remember, because I kind of found it funny, was when the crowd was chanting USA, some of the crowd, some of the crowd okay, was yeah. chanting USA. Kamara Usman, if you're not an MMA fan, he's a Nigerian born, but he grew up in the States. And Kamara Usman afterwards said, well, they were chanting USA to me because yes. I'm more American than he okay. is. So before that, before
0: that, you would have never remembered anything Kamara Usman's ever said in an interview, no. any antics. No. 933,000. Instagram followers Colby Covington 334,000 Twitter followers Kamara Usman 162,000 Colby about 126 that's with Donald Trump retweeting him Donald Trump who's okay whether you're political or not his followers are like what Donald's (laughs) give me that what was that what was (laughs) that? that I still knows what I'm talking about. Does he? Okay. Multiple endorsements from Donald Trump. The Trump family came to his fights. True. And nobody gave a shit enough to tap follow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I look at it like this. I mean, number one, I don't think much of Twitter. And, and I think we've seen. I shouldn't say that. Let me take that back. I don't look at Twitter as heavily as other people do. Uh, and when you look at something like FIFO Select, our subscriptions doubled after we integrated it into .com, even though we plugged every FIFO Select article on Twitter every time we posted one. We got on .com, they doubled. So yeah. Twitter, to me, is not as big of a tool as, as a lot of people you know, tend to think that it is. But, 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 I, but
0: Instagram I, and viewership and no, all well, this. Let me,
1: let, me, let me just say this. I don't think Colby Covington has reached his peak so long as he continues to win. Right. Yeah. He's only kind of like he's only kind of uh, touched the service in terms of this whole character. Sure. But he's got to continue to win. If he doesn't come back from this loss, rack up a couple of big wins, get another title shot and beat Usman, he's never going to reach the next Correct. level. Right. So I'm not I'm not saying that he has reached superstar status or anything. What I'm saying is he's one of these guys that gets it. And I wish that there was more guys in MMA that got it. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone is another guy. I, maybe I'd put in there as a guy that's kind of understood the entertainment well, aspect a little
0: Covington's bit. Covington's a major pro wrestling fan too. He did spots for Impact Wrestling, for the love of God, right? Like, right. He, he understands that for sure. But I understand that you guys need to leave a thumbs up, subscribe to this channel. Even though you know, in the future, we'll be either on another fightful channel or hopefully on our channel. Jimmy,
1: why are you looking at me like I had something to do with this? I'm the guy that's trying to save it, Sean. That's who I am. I'm the guy trying to save it.
0: You're Scrooge. And I'm just trying to get my cooked goose. (laughs) I want my goose back. There you go. Until next time, guys. We're out.